What's going on, everyone? All about the data podcast. Back with another episode. Y'all already know what it is. We back with another special guest in the building, and we got the team in the building: Shanice, Jafar, Quant, King, Jay. Y'all already know what time it is. We got a special guest, Buki, in the building. Buki, what's going on? Hi, 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 everyone. I'm all good. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate you have have we appreciate you coming on, giving us some of your time to express your expertise to us beginners out here. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Like, you know, tell us, tell us about yourself, what you want us to know. Oh, fantastic. So hi everyone, I'm Bukio, or otherwise known as Bukio Kiji. Um, I am a senior project manager and change manager um, within the national health system in the UK. Um, I am what you probably call an accidental project manager manager because I didn't really um, carve my path to become a project manager. Um, I have been in this kind of role for, I mean, with this job kind of spectrum for about 15 years now, probably a little bit longer than that. Um, I've worked in different sectors. I've worked in um, government policies. I've also worked in fashion um, and I've also worked for, um, yeah, I've worked for old companies. And now I am really, really passionate about health tech um, for a number of reasons. And I also help at, like startups um, um, project manage their, their projects, you know, um, and also with events as well. So anything that requires any element of project management, you're sure to catch me there. Mm. So that's me. Thank you. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, what like what got you into health health tech? Where was you always in there? No, I wasn't always in it. What had happened was I was working for a local government, um, doing campaigns, and um, while I was there, um, I saw an opportunity. Um, um, just within, I wanted to get. I don't know. I think I want. I think I wanted to get into project management because I was already doing it, but just didn't have the job title for it. So, and um, a friend of mine said, um, Bookie, you should just apply for it. And I, I wasn't thinking whether it was for the NHS. I just wanted to work for a really good organization, being that I was already working in government. And I applied, first time applying for a project management role. And I um, got, what was it? It was a project... Um, officer which is more like a junior role um and I was given the opportunity to to start working for them and not you know and it was the national health system I didn't really know much about health tech when I started um but within six months of being in that role I was promoted um with no project management um not experience and qualification um and which was basically unheard of within the organization and normally you would have for you to be promoted you would have had to apply reapply um, and I didn't need to reapply because I was um, actually spearheading a clinical system that was introduced um, um, into into the ecosystem and um, my manager before that had to leave and then it meant that I had to manage that system so and I that promotion really did a lot for my confidence and then I started learning more about um, the digital tools that were utilized um, to support um, patients and um, 
in that process, I became really, really um, immersed in it and realizing that technology can really support people's health. And um, especially, um, and I think my mindset or my perspective started changing when I actually went um, on a... um, like a visit so I went to visit a couple of um, the community nurses and uh, what they do with the patients and how they deal with the patients and from that visit alone I realized that I was in a right industry I knew that what I was doing really and truly mattered the systems that I was bringing into well the tools that I was bringing into the system were really changing people's lives and um, I've been within the NHS for nearly seven years now and um, I've been promoted. Um, <laughs> I think about uh, NHS. Yeah? That's in the, yeah, the national UK, health right? system. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the national health okay. system yeah. in the UK. It's the only national health system in the UK. Yeah, I got I got a friend that worked for, that worked for that too. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, what do they, a, what do, they um, do? She's a business intelligence. Uh, Bi. Yeah, Bi. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah, she was telling me that's like the one of the big things over there is the and the NHS. Mm-hmm. It is because that's so basically the health system within the UK, that's the only health system, that's what works with the government that works. So I'm what you require, what you would call as a commissioner. Uh, what that means is that we look at solutions or um, tools or systems that we can put into like the hospitals to help with the patients. Um, I've also, within the NHS, the NHS has so many different arms. So you have um, um, the trust, which is the, the hospital. And within the trust, that's who actually deals with the patient. So you go to hospital and it's called the acute system. And then after the acute system, you have people like us that actually support and fund the acute systems. Mm. So, yeah, so maybe your friend, your friend probably works as a commissioner as well, or probably works within the trust. So there are different, so there's the provider and the commissioner, the providers are the acute system or the community centers um, for the for the patients. So, but I love it. I absolutely love my job. Um, I have been offered other jobs and um, roles within corporate, um, but I think I'm well. <laughs> I'm I'm really really happy in the space that I'm in. And currently, I have been promoted again, and um, within um, business. I know. <laughs> so my role has slightly changed from project management to change management. Um, um, a role which I and this always happens to me. <laughs> like I go into roles that I, I probably absolutely don't really know much about um but um someone saw something in me and said oh you know Bucky why don't you apply for this and I didn't even need to apply because the manager called me I think like a few days after that person mentioned the role to me and the manager had a conversation with me and said I think you would because you're very people orientated I know you love project management and you will be project managing but we really need you to start helping us change perspectives to and people's perspective and perspective to the adoption of um, technology um, tech tools within the system mm. because what happens within the system is that we um, introduce tools and people think yes it's nice and fancy and then we implement them and then when we implement them the adoption rate is really really low so mm. um so so part of the role part of the reason why I was um, promoted was they realized that I had really good relationships um, across the systems and they wanted to do a, a number of like you know, sessions, lessons learned and benefits realization. Um, why are we put in this tools? 
tools in, what's happening with the tools, you know, um, are people really utilizing these tools? If they're not utilizing it, what can we do about it? So that's how I came into that. This role about, how long has it been? About six, seven months now. And I am managing a team of project managers, BAs, and um, change facilitators. So I'm loving it right now and I'm enjoying it. So I'm not really moved away from the senior project management, um, but I'm incorporating the change management into it. And mm-hmm. I've just recently gone on a course for change management. And I love it because it's about the behavior of people using things and, and the adoption of things. And I, I can't, that kind of, that kind of aligns with me as well. See, I'm speaking way too much. <laughs> yeah, nah, you sure. Yeah, you you yeah. informing us. That's, mm-hmm. you know, we, we here to learn. Us, all the listeners, we here to tune in, tap in, all that good stuff. So, you know, um but yeah let's 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 get into it uh, you know once again we we appreciate you coming on the show dropping all your wisdom you know uh so let's let's hop into it and you know see what see what we can get under the sauce let's get behind the scenes of so, Buki, y'all. Tell us. Okay. <laughs> let's <Okay>. go <laughs> I feel like we about to go on a race Everybody start the engines. Um, so, Bookie, could you explain to us exactly like what is a change manager? Change manager, not project manager. <laughs> um, a change manager for me is um, someone that looks at the system and looks at, okay, so let's say there's a change that's coming into the system. Um, so many times people um, put in, bring in tools without actually understanding the user or the people that are actually going to use the system. So, and, and then they ask the question, okay, um, we brought this system into, into, into play, but no one's using it. <laughs> and not really understanding the change, not really understanding the change aspect of it. And the fact of the matter is people don't like to change. People don't like what they're current, change the system that they're currently working with or change the environment that they're currently working within. So a change manager, what the change manager's role is supposed to do is to communicate um, with the users or anyone that is going to be affected by the system. One, to build the awareness of the said system or the tool by letting them know that this system is going to happen and the reason behind it, literally educating them about the purpose of this new way of working. And then there has to be a number of activities that is done to ensure that this is well understood before bringing in the system. And then another aspect of change management is making sure that certain tools and certain um, um, processes are put in place so that not just those that are going to be, not just the stakeholders that are going to be utilizing the system, but everyone within the ecosystem understand that this tool or the system is about to change. Um, and within a change management process as well, um, you do have to have a plan. It isn't just like you're moving away from project management. You do have to have a plan. There has to be a, re- a, a, a level of who's responsible for what. And there has to be a number of workshops um, with regards to the system. There has to be demos of how the system is going to work, even before the implementation of the system and then post the system or the tools been um, put into into place, there has to be um, a bit of hand hand holding as well. Um, And um, with regards to training, all that, you know, all that aspect. And then after that, there has to be 
a reason a reason behind the utilization of the of the tools you know the benefits realization and so forth um change management is slightly different from project management project management is uh, <laughs> project management in a sense as a start and a finish right and it is literally about delivering deliverables you know and making sure that you're hitting those milestones and at the same time you know planning executing and um yeah and closing the project and handing the project over Pro- um change management is slightly a bit more behavior organizational change you know um and whereas project management is you know set guidelines so um, would you say like would you say the project management skills was like transferable or or it kind of helped prepare you for that most definitely i would say for me i will always say that i'm a project manager and the reason why I say that is because I've got more experience as a project manager. So let me give you an example. So within my role right now, when I was employed to do change management, um, being that I haven't had any um, prior experience or even gone to any kind of courses. So I was really thrown in the deep end of saying, OK, we've got a system that's, that's got to come into place and we need some change um, management um, to be done um, for it. The first thing I had to do was like, okay, let's have a meeting. Let me meet who the stakeholders are and, you know, talk to them about the system, which is what you would do within project management as well. So that definitely I was able to transfer that skills of communications, understanding and making sure that there's a comms plan, understanding that um, the stakeholders or those that are affected by the system know about the system. So I would mm-hmm. most definitely say a lot of the skills that I've acquired within project management, I'm able to, to bring in tomorrow as a change manager, most definitely. What else can I say that I've brought in within? Um, I like, <laughs> so with, with my project, I'm very, very organized. Um, I like, um, although it was a rude awakening within project management. Uh, uh, so when I worked for the local government, things did work quite fast whereas within the nhs things don't work quite quite fast and this is um due to constraints of um competencies with um different stakeholders and also to do with um people's timings and um so within the nhs works things work at a slower pace and that was a rude awakening for me because I'm very organized I like things to be done at set time you know you know set Mm -hmm. time boxes and um, it's something I had to learn over the past six seven years that um, my expectations of things literally had to be you know well managed Um, another thing I would say that I took from my role as project management to change management is people management um, um, which is something that I'm now doing within my role. So mm-hmm. in my um, old role within Project I was managing a team of about 11 infrastructure in- infrastructure guys. So mm. that was... That was, that, as a, yeah. that was as a senior project manager? Yes, yes, yes. How did you like keep track of all the... All of the, the infrastructure team. Yeah. Oh, thank God for Jira. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Jira. Jira so. The moment Jira was so before I was managing that. So, um, so like I said, so when I was working within um project management for the IT team, um, I was 
the projects that I worked on at the very beginning were more, um, you know, systems projects. And then when cybersecurity came in, I was project managing the cybersecurity um, projects. And then once that was done, um, I was asked um, because they didn't have a manager for the infrastructure team. I think they changed that management like eight times. And um, it was a challenge they asked, um, Bucky, would you like to come and manage the infrastructure team? And I was like, God, there's like 11 guys. <laughs> well, they yeah. listen to me. That was the very first thing. And then, the, you know, my management was like, of course they'll listen to you, you know? <laughs> so um, I had a meeting with them and I kind of said, okay, what, what work do you do? Can you all tell me what, I don't know anything about infrastructure, but working with them, I was now, oh my God, my wealth of knowledge within that space is crazy. So I said, okay, what, what do you do? What projects literally met with each and every single one of them? Okay, what work are you working on right now? Um, and what's, you know, what's your availability in case the new projects is coming in so that I can kind of slot in your availability. And then what I'd ask, because not all of them are project managers. So literally have to do their project management for them. Say, okay, mm. this is your, you know, this, <laughs> this is your plan. Can you work to that plan? Um, and it was hard. I will not lie to you because they they're not rigid you know the infrastructure team they just like to be told okay go and sort out this network and then come back and then get it ticked off that's how they work they work on a list basis not a project basis but me coming into that team I was able to provide structure and level of accountability because what was happening was that there wasn't any accountability in a sense if something was to go wrong it would always be it was that person it was that person whereas mm. there were you know project owners you know you know task owners I was able to utilize Jira for that and the good thing that it did do was that it built up more uh, morales you know because they were able to say I achieved this within mm -hmm. this period whereas before there was never that so when we when it came to reporting the infrastructure I think during the time that I was there um before I ma started managing them they were always bottom on the pile you know as because no one couldn't no one couldn't tell what it is that they were doing over the years although Yes, they looked after the whole hospital system, but they were working very much haddock and always firefighting. Whereas when I came in, it was a case of, okay, at the end of year reports, what, was, what did the infrastructure team do? I had a list of every single project that they had completed successfully. And that was what built their confidence and that was what built their morale. So for that, that was a major achievement for me. It was a, it was a struggle. And even when I moved teams, they didn't want me to leave. And they tried to, <laughs> they tried to make me do the job with my new job at the same time for about mm -hmm. two months. And I, I, I couldn't do both together. I just mm -hmm. couldn't, it didn't work. And plus I wasn't going to get paid more. So it didn't make sense. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you want double the double the job title, double the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's yeah, but they were like, "Oh, is that a way?" At one point, they wanted to pay me more, also that I can stay. But I was really relishing the challenge for the change management because mm. one, I am I believe in faith. and I believe there was a reason as to why I was approached for this role, um, and I. And if an opportunity comes, I'm one person that would look at the opportunity and say, where is that going to take me in the next year? And I'm a great believer in always learning. You know, you know, 
Mm-hmm. I'm a great believer in that. So because of that, I said, okay, you know what, this is a challenge, but I'm happy to take it on. And it's been six, seven months of steep learning, but I love, I love that within my role because not many people are like me (laughs) you don't often get a project manager there's a change manager so within my role I'm able to look at structure I'm able to say Mm -hmm. actually no let's not do it this way let's try and do it this way so yeah I I kind of relish in it so there we go (laughs) yeah that's how we look at Shanice she's like our data analyst project manager all in one package deal from from master well, we'd be like, do we, do we have to do the other the other uh, bio for this person? Yes. We, might as well we have get to get it done. Right we have deadlines and deliverables. <laughs> the thing <laughs> is, you like, I'm so glad we have this because without it, I just would have been all over the place, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, yep. you need structure. It makes it makes it so much easier. It makes everything smoother. I don't know how people don't have structure. And like, I don't know in either. my head. I don't understand it. Okay, you want to do something. The reason why, um, even in our lives, right? The reason Mm -hmm. why, okay, you have a goal and you want to achieve that goal. And then you ask yourself three months later, why have you not achieved that goal? Because you didn't put a plan together. You didn't have a structure. You didn't even put a baseline date. That's why when Jamal put down, I think he posted something for, um, was it your 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 plan for Q2? I absolutely loved it. Oh, I was yeah. like, you know what? I rock with that. Time for people to actually say, okay, within Q2, quarter two, I want to achieve this. And if you do more of that, <laughs> your life will run a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. Even like my Vegas trip, even though everyone's like, oh, you know, Bucky, just go with the flow. I planned everything to the Q. it's so ridiculous like I know and the reason why I do that is because I'm able to mitigate any potential risk right and I'm not alarmed by anything that's going to come my way so and I do I do that at work and I do that within my life and I do it with my children as well like you know okay you want to go to university fantastic what do you want to study at university do you know how you're going to do it what do Mm. you need and although they find it irritating my eldest who's going to be 15 in two weeks she has taking that on and now I don't even need to tell her anything she's literally planned her life to the T <laughs> she's, she's Man, planned and I think I'm about to put my trip to Nigeria and Jerry <laughs> <laughs> uh, for real what? Wow, that's <laughs> nice. that reminds me of um, why not bro and just budgeting with your money like uh, yeah all of that money. yeah so you yeah what you do for your like, year for your quarters for your month like mm-hmm. most definitely. Yeah. I'm not yeah. really good with money, but I'm really good with planning. I'm really oh, and and, and you I, 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 girl, you're gonna be lit. Don't worry, girl. I'm gonna go <laughs> tell you my wine link right now. You you're gonna be like, I love this. <laughs> you're gonna love it. No, it's like, it's like project I'm, management for money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. always planning. I'm always planning, even like um true. So like I that's my nine to five. So um so my nine to five is the NHS and then um, my five to God knows what time because I moonlight um, I run other projects so one of the projects that I'm currently that I work on and I've been working on it for about six years yeah six years as well it's the Africa Fashion Week London which is actually the biggest African fashion show in Europe um, I don't really put much of that on my on my profile, but I've been helping um, with events planning, events management, and I 
absolutely fashion is not something that I am <laughs> fantastic at, but I absolutely love one. The reason why I love it is because it is showcased because I live in I live in Europe and in UK, and um, the black designers are not um, well showcased. Um, and for the London Fashion Week, um, and something had to be done about it. So I absolutely rock with the concept of um, showcasing the best of African fashion and especially the talent is just crazy. So I support with the planning um, usually like three to four months before the show, um, organising the designers, organising the events, the venue, the, um, the lighting, the sound, the volunteers, I absolutely relishing it. And um, before I actually started and they had like, what did they have? They didn't have a project manager. They had, um, can you hear me? Sorry. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah, okay. it's not sure right, video, but we can hear you. Hold on a second. Yes. My, and my phone's always busy. I swear. <laughs> yeah, so it's fine. So um, the reason why I support, yes, I support the show um, because I want more, because I, I'm very charity focused. I do a lot of charity work and a lot of non-profit organization support, especially when it comes around to planning. I feel like the reason why a lot of our, our events or our projects um, don't really do as well as we would, we would hope they do is because the, the foundation and the planning is not always airtight. And um, since supporting the show, the AFWL show, the planning has always been to the T. <laughs> and um, if I must say so myself, and um, the organisational element of it always goes as planned. And it also allows um, for investors and supporters and sponsors to see how well it really goes and want to be able to support us. So, yeah, so I don't just project manage um, during my nine to five. I'm literally speaking breathing, walking, project management every day, every second, every hour. So so back on that, um, what are your top three tips for anyone trying to get into project management? Okay, so what I would say is that I think we are, I think if you are a natural organizer and you are a list, you're one of those people that like, to write lists about things, you're actually in a good position because those are really good transferable skills. If you're a good communicator, if you're not, start to practice how to communicate um, and start to develop emotional intelligence as well because you will be dealing with different types of people from different walks of life. Um, you cannot get too emotional with your work. You have to be able to manage your emotions. Um, you have to understand the concept of what project management is. If you would, if you if you can try and attend boot camps or short courses, it, it's good to read and to understand the theory, but it also helps when you're actually relating with others as well, because you're you're learning as you're speaking, you're learning as you're reading. Um, and take on volunteer, take on projects that that you not just for not just to pad onto your CV, but truly to understand the concept yeah. or how to run and um, how to you know how to run a project from start to finish. You know, so mm. or you know, shadow a project manager. 
and ask them as many questions as you can. Then you can start talking about certifications. Then you can talk, like for me, like I said, I'm an accidental project manager. I went into a role. I didn't have a project management qualification. I do have them now because it was a requirement before I moved up, um, up, you know, (laughs) the different levels. Um, So, but qualifications do help you because it helps you in conversation and it helps you in a room. Because if you don't have qualification, automatically you're deemed to not know much. But if you are able to showcase what you're able to do through your volunteering experiences, then you're actually um, in a good space. And um, I would say also check out, you know, check out project management CVs or project management um, JDs, you know, job description. Start to look at what the requirements are, what the keywords are and ask yourself, do you match those? You know, and I know oftentimes Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome comes into play, but you really have to block those noises out and literally be truly honest with yourself. Okay, it says communications. Are you able to communicate with different types of people? take that out if you can't what do you need to develop that does that mean that I need to do I need to go on social media and start talking more I'll tell you what space um spaces like Twitter spaces and clubhouse can really build your communications you know I you ain't know, learned nothing thing, I learned that <laughs> yeah it can really build your communication I ain't learned nothing I learned being, that yeah <laughs> because the reason being is no one's looking at you and mm-hmm. you can talk nonsense to <laughs> your your blue in the face but you know what? But you can learn. You can learn and you can keep learning. And, you know, no one's judging you. And stop practicing. If, you know, before we had the social audio, if you can look at yourself in the mirror and start talking to yourself or even utilize your, your cousins, your brothers, your sisters and say, you know what? I just want to talk to you about something. After I fin- don't say nothing. After I finish speaking, then tell me how I did. Or start, talk- or start a podcast. I'll start a podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Just start talking. Start talking. And and that will want only not only that, that will build your confidence, that will build your subject area. And um, yeah, and it builds your vocabulary too. So yeah, that's exactly what I would say. Um, yeah, so um attend boot camps if you can, attempt workshops, start talking more. Um, start building your communication skills set um, and your, yeah, your EQ, <laughs> yeah. your emotional that's, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's one thing I like about um, the All About the Data community is we have like so much volunteer opportunities and um, it, it really consists of what you said. Like, you know, I, I have a, a few people within there that have like created a whole project management system to like keep track of the volunteers, keep track of all the events that we're doing and the processes and systems. And, you know, they can actually, you know, not, not only can they put that on their resume, of course, but, you know, they're actually learning and getting hands-on practice with these things. So where if they do want to take that on as a profession, they, they could, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, most of them are in there, of course, to either get into data analytics in some type of way, but it's like they're, gaining these other skills you know either unknowingly or knowingly and it's like they can pursue project management or pursue uh, anything that they want within that realm so you know um and just a little commercial we're always looking for volunteers are all about the data so don't be afraid to reach out because we are getting bigger by the month as the months go by we had like four thousand members now so uh-huh. 
Facts, facts. That's uh, amazing. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming <laughs> out. You know, we have uh, different type of events now. We have SQL Saturdays, Tableau Thursdays, Power BI Sundays. We got Excel. We got courses coming out. So a lot of good things in store. That's amazing. Uh, so Go on, Any Any, like, certs, books, or form of education that helped you, like, get into project management? Yeah. I'm a certification so- so, yeah, I I know for the US, um, most definitely. So what I did do, I I think I'm gonna tweet it. Um, I saw um a chart once that talks about the different qualifications internationally. Um, I'm gonna speak for the UK or the Europe right now. Um, in UK and Europe, um, the Prince Two is highly commendable, recommended, um, especially within local government and other government organisations. They, they, you will not get hired unless you have Prince 2. So Prince 2 is like foundation and practitioner. Now, I do know the PMP is getting really, really popular around this neck of the woods as well with mm-hmm. Europe. And so even myself, I'm thinking about doing a PMP, but I don't really Oh, you you a senior project manager without the PMP? <laughs> Oh. No, I'm not. I, I don't because it, it's not required in the UK. Oh, what's required, here they want what's to required, that PMP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's required in the UK is Prince Two um, um, Foundation and Prince Two Practitioner. Dang, which, I got to move to the UK. Let me start yeah, the pra- yeah, the practitioner is actually a, is not easy. <laughs> but I know looking at the PMP is like the Prince Two Practitioner. Um, so no, you don't, but you will not be hired for a project management role if you do not have Prince 2. If you, even if you're trying to, if you're trying to get a senior project management role and you only have a Prince 2 foundation, you, you probably won't get looked at. So you need a Prince 2, yeah, you need a Prince 2 practitioner. You will not be hired and they will want to see it. It's not like, oh, I've got it they would want to see it. It's mm-hmm. because they want to know that you understand the principles of project management, especially for government. If you're trying to work within government or um, public sector, they want to understand that you understand that environment. So with pre- and PMP, so I do have a number of colleagues that, that are based in the, UK, in the US. So I've got my friend, um, Ebon and KG. And they support um, a number of U.S. Um, you know um, aspirants, PM aspirants, and I know the qualification. I think the PMP is like the number one. You need to do that one, but it's coming. It's coming across this pond now, and there's a requirements for it, but not within government government organization or public organizations. Um, but for like international organizations it needs to be a pmp yeah. but for the yeah. junior P- pmp yeah. is like a master's degree over it is accepted mm-hmm. the, the the uk the uk are now accepting a pmp before they were not really accepting it mm-hmm. they were not accepting it it was prince to yeah or there is also um AP, apmg are now what's it is that AP, mm, no they are they oh god they have their own just in the past three years, they have other qualifications um, within um, other said organisations that are now acceptable. But the three ones that I would recommend, the three, Prince2 Foundation, Prince2 Practitioner and the PMP. 
Sorry, I'm getting messages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Just a disclaimer again for everyone who didn't know that's for the UK. Yes, for the I UK. don't think we have Prince 2 over here in the States. You can tell because um, we have the CAPM. And oh, yeah. then, then we have the PMP are like the two top ones. Then you have the CompTIA Project Plus, which I don't think really like falls into anything major. Um, I think that's just good if you just want to know project management skills and you're not really trying to pursue that. Well, the, pro- the Project Plus, um, primarily it has more IT-centered project management. And so if you're trying to get into more IT project management... Um, project plus is that a u.s qualification yeah it's comptia it's comptia project plus it's not as popular as like the pmp or the cam the cam yeah but you know there are there i mean for those that are just trying to get in i think to try and understand the concept and the theory there are a number of free um um project management courses that you can actually find online and i think i've tweeted some actually i think i tweeted about seven um free pm project management courses that you can actually do if you have the time online um i know that there is also the google um project management certification that's now becoming so popular i've Mm -hmm. not tried it myself i know it's been highly recommended by a few people that's don't know anything about project management but oh, one i was actually I, gonna i was actually gonna take that one too but i'm in school right now in my well done. in my next semester i have to take a project management course so i'm probably oh, not gonna okay. take it anymore okay that makes sense yeah so i wouldn't say for someone like you um and i wouldn't say whether to you should go and explore um getting a project management certificate unless you want to dive into it (laughs) um exactly i've worked in call centers and i'm not good with um talking to other people i don't have the emotional intelligence you do Uh, you can't do everyone's got emotional intelligence (laughs) i didn't really have emotional i used to really used to wear my heart on my sleeves like i am the i literally i'm the sort of person even i think when i started within the role if someone really got on my you know i am always quick to share my opinions and it really didn't pay me you, I had to learn the you, hard way. You know, yeah, I just don't. I don't like when people ask questions that was already answered, and I dealt <laughs> with that a lot in customer service. Like, hey, uh, blah blah blah. Like, I just said that. Like, what? You're gonna yes. get that in project management. You repeat yeah. yourself to different stakeholders all the time. You have yeah, to repeat yourself because you want things to be done and you get asked why all the time. So you have mm-hmm. to constantly repeat yourself. Um, but the best way, you just have to find tools to, to, yeah. to, to cut down the, that communication. So mm-hmm. if you have a comms plan in place, that usually is a, a good start, start, starting place. And if you mm-hmm. have like an intranet, let's say you have a project, this is what I do. I have a project um, that's about to embark. I start putting everything in that intranet, on that intranet page from the beginning of the plan of the project. Obviously everyone has a page. So I, whatever I can pick from the page, I put into that intranet. 
and then I have a link. If someone has a question, go straight to that mm. link. Please go straight to that link. If you don't understand anything, I'm happy to meet up with you for 15, 20 minutes and we can talk about it. And when I'm going into that meeting, I need to I need to get something out of that meeting. I don't go into meetings for the sake of going to meetings. I'm going to meeting for you to get something from me and for me to get something from you. If that's not going to happen, I'm not having that meeting with you. Otherwise, I will send you that link. You can go there. If you've been trained about something, now I'm in um, change management, which involves a lot of training and mm-hmm. implementation, right? So one thing I realized, <laughs> people will take on training for the sake of hoping to take on training again. So, <laughs> so I, you know, I'll schedule the training. You get, you get trained by one of my staff members. And then if you come back and say, oh, I want to get trained again, you're getting a link straight to that, to that intranet where there will be a video where you can watch it, you know? So you have to start utilizing tools to make your life and life easy within your role and for your productivity level as well. And that's something I have to learn over the years. Um, so one thing I would say in any job that you find yourself, start thinking of how you can automate your work. That's actually something that we've done for the podcast yeah. and for the Discord community. Because we automated mm-hmm. a lot of things because um, yeah. at first it was manual. I was like, I was looking at, I'm like, we're doing way too much for free right now. Like, no, we about to like automate some of this and like condense mm-hmm. some of the work. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I feel like I have the the traits or I should say the skills to be a project manager, but I don't know. It just, does, it hasn't really caught my interest yet like that. I do believe, Is it I, cool? see, I believe, I believe yeah. that if I do become a project manager, though, I'm be like the best. I'm kicking doors down, like, you know. Just go before you come into my house. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, project management is really good. It's just literally just learning to manage people. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah, Managing people to, for them to do their jobs. That's all it is. Managing yeah. people for them to do their jobs. That's it. <laughs> yeah. people think is you actually doing the work no is sorting out the work streams mm-hmm. understanding who the subject matter experts are and getting them to do the work within yeah. a certain time frame and understanding and managing the risks of and you know potential risks and issues and just making sure and that's it really you know and the reason why we have gray hair is because what we plan doesn't always go to plan yeah, <laughs> and just how to manage yeah. it and that's it you know i love it um change management is completely different to that it's just <laughs> and i'm loving it i'm it's different I, I i'm learning from it um it isn't like you know project management where you're telling people what they need to do change management is instructing people as to how to do things and that's it so that I, I think I think I have the best of both right now. <laughs> I think I, I think if I came in as a junior change manager, I don't think I would have liked it as much. I think the fact that my role within senior project management that propelled me into a senior no senior project management that propelled me into a senior change manager um, has allowed me to learn things from top down. Da- yeah, top down, yeah. which is yeah. weird. <laughs> And yeah. it means that I have, I'm learning with team members as well. I, mm-hmm. I, what kind of a manager I am? I, 
you know, I believe in empowering my staff to do their work. Um, I don't micromanage. Um, and I think that's the best way to kind of, you know, build confidence for them and for me and trusting that they're like, now I went to Vegas and I came back and everything was done. <laughs> you know, I came back on, you know, I went to work on Friday and my staff members, they literally, because I, you know, we went through before I left um, what they were meant, what they are, their tasks are. And I came, I did not check my email once and came back on Friday. And, you know, even at one point they couldn't even, they didn't even they didn't have my time. <laughs> they, they had things to do. You know, I was like, can I meet with you guys for 20, 30 minutes? And they were like, no, we've got to do this work before the end of the day. And, and for me, that's good because it means that they, one, they enjoy their work. Two, they want to achieve what they want to achieve yeah. and they want to finish it off. And mm. they know that if they do it, it speaks well of me as their manager. So, yeah, I, I enjoy my work. <laughs> I think it's the best way to give people because a lot of people like that autonomy. And when you give it to them, they make it, it makes them feel like yeah. they're not working for somebody that they're working for themselves. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. not micromanaging is like the best way for it. Cause me, I, I work a job and like, I literally only hear from my boss if the server goes down or something like literally I'll just tell him every two weeks, I'll tell him my hours and then he just cuts me a check. But other than that, I don't <laughs> phone calls like I do my work and mm-hmm. you know, I could be sitting down chilling like not doing nothing like at the beach which sometimes I would go <laughs> to the beach for, but my work gets done so mm-hmm. you know that that doesn't matter as long as my work is getting done and I think that's the best way you know having to sit down and like when I'm doing training for like a new job and you're sitting there and you have to be on a recorded screen like that tension like it just gives me a lot of like pressure yeah anxiety and i'm like yo like if you, as soon as i get off this camera like i'm good and i can just <laughs> zoom and just do everything but like mm-hmm. you like trying to nitpick and do all that stuff man i hate that because i'm like dude just let me yeah work. but you know what i'll say though because i recently like got a position as a digital marketing specialist and i could say that knowing how to manage projects or having that project management skill does even play a role even within that because you know you have to like schedule out your content calendar mm-hmm. and you know all those different things that i'm not good at so i have to get good at now and um you know it, it definitely helps so I'm, I'm definitely excited to delve into the world of project management and apply it to my position as i scale up in the marketing data world mm-hmm. looking forward to that now that i know you're doing that, i'm going to be asking you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mentioned it so shanice um what are you doing within project management and is it something that you want to do like in the future or now Ooh, the podcast got switched out now the guest interviewing the <laughs> <laughs> God, hey, i hope you got your questions but yeah so when jamar first asked me to the podcast um i didn't think anything of it really i thought it was going to be like super like lenient and laid back but when he started having like these like everyone come on i'm like yeah we need structure we need organization and like i woke up out in the middle of my sleep i woke up and i just got our sauna together and i'm like okay i like this like i can see myself doing this as a job so I've been looking at it. Um, I haven't really touched on anything just yet, just because I'm in a boot camp for data analytics. Um, okay. But I am looking to do the Google Project Management uh, certification so I can start 
work awesome. on it as well. But yeah. Awesome. If you need anything, just let me know. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I picked up a lot of gems from you so far. So yeah. Oh, fantastic. Sorry. I, it's just my nature. Don't mind me. I, it's too many oh, questions in my it? head. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. We about to make that. We, I'm about to send that email to the upcoming ones. Make sure you ask us questions. Too. <laughs> 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 Not them going to work for us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, it's like I did when I go ask what? you. Mm-hmm, go on. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go on, go on. No, it was about um something I'm about to play rock, paper, scissors. The, rock, paper, scissors. That's two out of three. It was so okay. So <laughs> I know like you have your degrees in um law, business, and tech. Like, was that your interest first? Like, how did project management come into play with all those? Good question. So um not trying to tell you my age, but um when <laughs> I first started <laughs> When I first started, I I, um, I was embarking on a law degree, um, mm. well, to becoming a lawyer. And um, and I did go as far as getting a training ship um, with a law firm. Um, after like a year, I think it might be my personality. Um, I was bored. I mm-hmm. like literally, I enjoy law. I enjoy debating. I enjoy asking questions, as you can tell, um, because I've got really inquisitive mind. But the moment I realized that all I was going to be doing was just pen pushing, like literally just reading and writing, and you don't actually go to court. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is not for me. And um, I already started thinking in my head, how do I pivot? What do I need mm. to do? How do I tell my parents I don't want to do law anymore? So I started hatching a plan. So I think it was one day I called my dad and I was like, dad, guess what? And he was like, what? I said, I've got a brilliant idea. He said, well, I said, I'm going to be the president of Nigeria. And he, you know, and I tell you, there's, there's a reason why I said that. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, really? I said, yeah. And in order for me, to, I said, in order for me to do that, I need to do politics. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Not that I really was saying I was going to be the president of Nigeria. I was literally just trying to get him to think something else. So mm-hmm. he was like, so what are you going to do? I said, um, I'm going to go back to uni to go and do um, politics. And he was like, oh, that's good. So what about your legal career? I said, nah, I don't think I want to do that anymore. And, you know, kind of law and politics kind of, you know, link in Mm -hmm. together. And he says, okay, all right. So, okay. So he was like, okay, go. So I think it was my first day in doing my politics degree. I was really blessed, really blessed to have got some... an internship at the House of Commons, which is very rare. I don't know whether mm-hmm. you guys know about the House of Commons, yeah. House of Lords. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, first year of, um, of that degree, um, there was a call asking for students to come in and apply. And I think there was like 300 of us. And it was just one position. That's like one of my biggest achievements, by the way. And um, being that I was Black and everybody wasn't, mm-hmm. it was really yeah. interesting. And um, went for the interview and they were like, would you like the job? And I was working for um, an MP. And that's when I got project management in my head literally at that point because they were we were running campaigns for government and it was literally managing those campaigns and that was when everything started to make sense like my organizational skills my people skills my communication skills all those skills were built while I was there 
And um, and although I was there for a little over a year, um, and then I started so from um, central government started working for local government local government it's like councils i don't know what they call them in the us so they're like councils that deals with the with the said areas of where that council is mm-hmm. so i was dealing with um so i got a job as a communication consultant and um and campaigns manager so that so that was where all the project management element was coming into. And then someone said to me, oh, Wookie, do you know you're a project manager? I'm like, no, I'm a campaign manager. I'm a communication consultant. And he was like, everything that you've been doing is project management. And he said, why don't you apply for this role within the NHS? And that's how that journey started. And now I, if I'm not doing project management within the NHS, I think I probably was... a been working in the House of Commons or local government doing project management. It would have happened mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, yeah so yeah, to answer your yeah. question, yeah. Yeah, I used to uh, I used to be um, interested in politics at one point, just like the, his- the historical side of mm-hmm. it. I don't really get into the voting and stuff like that. It'd be the same anyway, no matter who in the office. But, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but but it is interesting to to look into it, though. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, so I, I was looking at, into your background a little bit. So you know, okay. if I'd ask you a top notch question here, I see that that you the COO at what it is, Oni, 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 like global fair. outreach. So like, what's that about? You know, how you how do you manage that into your time and like, you know, what you guys do? Oh, great. Um, so I put that bio there on purpose, actually, because there's so much that I do. And I, if you, from what I said earlier on with regards to my actual passion is literally focused around supporting NGOs and charities. Cause I, I have this concept that I have to die empty like seriously from that great book um what I mean by that is that everything that's within me like I need to release it and if I don't I will feel like I am taking everything that God has kind of blessed me with and like you know my learnings my everything I would have just you know not passed it on so I try to get into as much charity or um social good um um, projects as I could. So the Oni of Ife is actually the king of a place called Ilefe. And he's known as the paramount ruler of all Yoruba people. So a little bit of my history is, although I've grown up in the UK for the longest time, I knew that my family... I knew where my family came from, basically, but not really, not that I wasn't proud of it, but it wasn't the kind of things that you just kind of say, because people think that you have natural advantage because you're royalty, and that's not always the case. Um, More so, um, I would say, I think everything kind of happened like six, seven years ago. (laughs) So more so like six, seven years ago, uh, my uncle, who was the king of Ilefe, he passed away. And, um, and my cousin then became the king and he was much younger. And uh, when he uh, ascended the throne, uh, we had a conversation 
and we kind of discussed what are the things that we can do, um, especially with those that are in the diaspora, um, to kind of bridge the gap, you know, back home. So we set up, you know, the global outreach. And what we did was that we started traveling to places. So we traveled to the US, we traveled to Brazil, to the UK, and to kind of start, you know, creating initiatives. Sorry, let me just cancel that. Hello? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to um, to create initiatives that will support projects to the re-educating of, you know, um, Blacks in the diaspora or Africans in diaspora. Um, so we have a number of um, initiatives that we run. We also, I also project manage the festival, um, which is like, if you think of the Holi Festival in India, um, it's sort of like the same that we do once a year in October in Ife, and over 500,000 people show up from all mm. over the world. <laughs> do, you, look, yeah. do, you, do you use Jira for all of this? Do we use what? Jira? <laughs> I have a huge team. <laughs> no, no, and I'm not the only one. So I come in from um, the international um, um, angle. So okay. there is a team over there that actually works on it. So any events that's happening in the UK, I spearhead it. Or any international events that's happening, I spearhead them. Like the ones that we did in Brazil, the one we did in, in the US. So I, I manage those ones. But the ones back home, I don't. Because <laughs> there's a lot of politics and red tapes with regards mm. to those. Um, so, but I still support it from an um, international perspective. So I am the coup of it. Um, it is not a position I take very lightly because it is my family heritage, but I don't go around telling everyone I'm the princess of this. <laughs> I literally take it from a different perspective of, mm-hmm. you know, what can I do to help? How can I, how can I support? It is, yeah, it's like kind of my charitable arm. So we also um, work with like youths, in um, the UK, because that's where I'm based, um, especially those that want to go back home. So the idea is like, we do like a pilgrimage um, once a year. We've not been able to do it during the pandemic, but I hope to revive it for next year to take at least like 50 to 100 youths back home so they can kind of explore it, understand that it isn't what you see in the media and Mm -hmm. to, yeah, to kind of empower them and build, you know, and build their sense of heritage, so yeah. to speak. So that's so that's 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 a passion project for me, and I do get emotional. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a passion project for me, and it's um, something that's very close to my heart because I have two young girls as well that are not truly connected to their heritage, and they find it really bizarre sometimes when my parents or my family come over and call them princesses and they're like how am I a princess when I live like this in the UK you know because the concepts of what's you know the brainwashing that's happened with how the media's portrayed Africa and portrayed certain things my children are kind of like you know, and it's how I grew up as well. If it wasn't for like, you know, we've been indoctrinated in certain ways. Um, but now I see, like, I'm not comfortable about certain parts of who I am and what I am. And that's because of, you know, um, of the society that I grew up in. And I see the same happening with my children. And because mm. I don't want them to turn out like how I feel 
and not only my own power, um, I want to demystify all that and let them know that men you're great <laughs> you know you really are Man, you know? they, they got to so, know that africa that. africa is is is, is the the motherland is it's where mm-hmm. everything originated from you know Af- yeah. africa has a lot of history mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff we even deal with now like even data you know the egyptians was was always good at math and all those <laughs> things so you know tell them tell them don't listen to uh babylon man Exactly, exactly. But it's hard. It's hard. It's like I keep it's so it's good because I lived it, so I understand what they're yeah. going through. You know, whereas my my parents don't understand what I went through. You know, they don't understand it. So their perspective is like, oh, you should be happy. So even like my peers that didn't grow up in the same country as I did, they are like, do you know who you are? And I'm like, yeah, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Whereas my children, they don't, uh, like, I'm now saying to them, do you know who you are? And they're like, mom, you're so dramatic. Like, <laughs> 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 well, you're so oh, dramatic, yeah. you know? So, and I'm like, I'm trying to be less dramatic. But then I think about it and I was like, my mom was exactly the same way. Like, do you know who you are? So, and having my children say that to me now, I'm like, okay, I feel it. But yeah, so yeah. that that is my passion project. And yeah, and yeah. on the office for global outreaches, um, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're doing great things with it. So many initiatives, so many campaigns, so many work to be done. Yeah, bridging the gap. Okay, okay. I like how you answer questions though. You it's like you got like a storyline. It's like this how it started, Mm -hmm. this how it's going, this how it's about to finish. Like we get the whole sauce. I like that. Yeah. I don't know if we'll be able to I don't know if we'll be able to ask you all these, you know, job interview questions, but you know, we'll try to get through what we can get through without taking up too much of your time. Um uh, yeah. We gonna we're gonna get ready to wrap it up. So uh what 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 drove you to create um the act spooky service that you got i'll tell you that that again came out of passion so um i've always met so um because of the projects that i've worked with um from nigeria i've met young capable talented individuals um that don't have jobs but only survive on projects and um, from them, and I know where I am, there's always constantly new projects that comes in and people are always looking for, you know, web designers and graphics, graphic designers and, you know, video artists. And um, so one time I, I got a project to work and well, I had a campaign to work on and I recruited this um, talented individuals to do the project and they did it so well I said okay you know I'm setting up an agency just to help these guys so that they can start having you know level of income that's coming through you know because a lot of graduates back home just didn't have work so I literally set up Arts Booking just so um, they can get you know so they can get work and from there it kind of built into like a tech hub and um, I have I had like about over a dozen um, young, talented, you know, people working um, under Ask Bookie. Because Bookie, people are always asking Bookie for something. <laughs> Ask Bookie, literally, that's the name. People are always asking Bookie, how do I do this? How do I do this? So 
that name kind of just got stuck and um yeah it was it was created to support um you know talented people in Nigeria so that they can have work to kick, they can get work and not so not so much me doing all the work but I'm getting a job for them to do so that's mm. that's literally what it is it is uh, um a tech hub that allows creates for, for businesses to be um, digitally online, um, the only aspect that I work on is helping them to register their businesses. And um, the branding is done by some of the guys. Um, and I also work with, because I have a legal background, so I also help protect people's um, branding. Um, and that's through trademarking. Um, and I, I love doing that as well. <laughs> I absolutely love it. But I don't, I don't do it all the time. But when I, when I do get the time, and if I do get clients that want to protect their businesses in the UK and I have really good relations with um, trademark specialists in the US and in Africa as well that I work with to make sure that businesses wherever you are located your brand can be protected because there's nothing worse than coming up with a name and starting up a business and thinking that you're kosher and you've invested so much in it only to find out maybe six months or two years or three years down the line that you're infringing on somebody else's you know rights or brand so yeah protect protect your name protect your business get it registered yeah that's i i had to recently do that for all about the data since i had (laughs) i saw saw. (laughs) how did i go i saw it and i knew straight away yeah. But I didn't want to ask you because I know it could be a sore point because I do yeah. deal with a lot of clients. Trust me. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually been registering my own business since I was like 20. So, um, you know, I, I was already familiar with the process. Oh, cool. uh, it's been a little delayed, I guess, like due to like the COVID stuff. But mm-hmm. um, but it's pretty much set in stone, though. So, yeah, we pretty so, much. We pretty so much is it? So did you source out the 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 trademark for your name or yeah the, the the okay. trademark I got a so that one I got a lawyer working on that one but I was mm-hmm. able to register like the business itself oh cool cool yeah so but yeah as far as trademarking that part I never did before so I'm gonna leave that in the professionals hands please do um, <laughs> yeah please do yeah, yeah. Nice you get stuff. people that say they can do it themselves I've had I the so I don't like to talk too much about trademark because um, it is a lot of work. Um, and um, so I was on Clubhouse, I think last year, and I was in a space and someone that I knew was like, oh, Bookie does trademark. And I got so much emails, emails. And I'm one of those people that if you ask me some, for something, I can't say no, especially mm-hmm. if you tell me a soft story. <laughs> Yeah. So I had a, a, a lady that had done her trademark and she was, she was smart. She, but what she did was that she did a research so much that she included everything into the trademark and it was rejected and it was rejected by, um, anyways, a long story. And she sent me an email. She was like, this is the reason why they rejected me. And her name she's very silly name was similar to a well-known brand. Right. And, um, and she, what she did, she thought she was being smart. She registered, she was trying to register it for an Amazon and store. Right. Mm. <laughs> so the law, the law firm for the other organization of the well-known brand picked her up because obviously they have a database and, um, rejected her 
completely. And she um, had like, I think they gave us some months for her to respond. And she was like, she was, how do you say, ignoring it. So eventually she came to me. I read through the paperwork. And I was like, she's not been rejected. They're asking you to respond. <laughs> she's saying she was rejected. They're asking you to respond. This is the time for you to respond. June, are you invested in this name? What have you done with this name? And then when I looked at the application, and the reason why she was picked up, because oftentimes a lot of these big names, they don't pick up everything. And the reason why she was picked up is because she thought she was being really smart and included everything in a trademark. All she needed to do was probably add, you know, the ones that are pertaining to what her business was for. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I liaised with the, the legal, legal team and we went back and forth and she was allowed to keep the name. She was allowed to keep the name under one class, although for the other two classes. Yeah, so I don't necessarily like to do trademark. I like to do trademark from fresh. I don't like to do trademark from people that have already started their trademark and they think they're smart. So if you want to do trademarking, get a specialist, get someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Then you're protected. So yeah. You, you just got to yeah. know. You just got to know your lane. You know, like I said, mm-hmm. as far as registering businesses, I done registered maybe over twenty businesses. I don't offer it as a service, so don't nobody email me, inbox me, <laughs> none of that. But I I've been doing this since I was 20. So, you know, that good. But with trademarking, I definitely... You're going to get people still sending you messages. I you're don't still do gonna it. Get I, hey, I ain't afraid to say no. Nope. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, nope. <laughs> no, someone's going to come and say, guess what, Jamal? Um, I tried to register a business. Something, something happened. Can you just point me in the right direction? <laughs> I'm, say, I'm sorry about that. You just said anyway, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many uh, people, yeah. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, um, going back to your work with um, Oni of Ife Global Outreach. Oni of Fair. Of that. And then you have your Cradle Calls. And then you have your project management job. And you have your change management management job. How do you manage all of that while being a mom of two? And they're 12 and 14, so they're teenagers. Like, how do you manage all that? that's a a good question and I like that question because I get asked all the time and you know what I said earlier on about planning my life Mm -hmm. that's exactly it like literally I have a plan for two weeks I've got a plan for next week and I've got a plan for the week after Mm -hmm. and I include my children in my plan I think my children I was really lucky um from when they were born to when they were teenagers I had a really supportive partner at the time who understood my vision and my mission Mm -hmm. and he knew what I wanted to do and he knew where my happy place was and my happy place was helping people and being constantly busy so my children were literally well brought up by the both of us and but now that they're teenagers teenagers they're quite self-sufficient so it's a matter of me communicating with them they know in the morning I drop them off at school and now we have a a little bit of understanding now (laughs) I drop them off at school and then I work nine to five constant you know my day job and then from six o'clock literally I take an hour break from six o'clock I plan 
my after hours work. So that's Arc Spooky, that's the Cradle Calls, that's uh, Global Outreach, that's everything. That's even including the, some of the communities that I've set up. So I've just recently set up a, a woman in leadership um, group, community on Twitter. Um, <laughs> so um, I set that up. And so I do all of that from like six to whenever. And that runs Monday to Friday. Saturdays, I am literally cleaning up for the week before, right? What I mean by cleaning up, making sure if there's anything that I've missed, Mm -hmm. if there's any calls that I've not done, if there's anything I need to cross out, I try and do that Sunday. I try and get a little bit of rest and then I start the week again. And literally that's how I, and that's why the holiday was really needed because I didn't have a holiday for the past two years. So it was the first time I really didn't pick up my laptop, didn't use mm-hmm. my phone. So, so that's literally how I, how I manage myself. I have a plan for a plan for a plan. And I incorporate everybody that's in my life with it. And, and I'm really blessed because everyone that's in my life, my sister, my sibling, my mom, my dad, my friends, they know my personality and they know who I am. So like now I'm on this call, quite a few people have called me. And because I've cancelled, they're not going to be offended because a few people know that I'm doing this. So I communicate. So I was with my friends just now, like, listen, I've got, um, I've got a call that I've got to do. I'm going to be in a car, so don't disturb me. <laughs> but now they've, they've left, so I'm just going to go and meet them later. So they've sent me a message. So it's just making sure that you communicate your plans with those that are around you. And mm-hmm. um, another thing is that people will get frustrated <laughs> like my children sometimes they do get frustrated they do get angry, but yeah. I always try and make time for them we have you know Friday um was it Friday movie nights and then Saturdays and Sundays we go to the movies again <laughs> so we do one form of activity or we go and eat at least three times three times so, a month so question because yeah. I try to do that too and then I feel like Sometimes, like me, I have a routine. I wake up at like five thirty to six. Then I always go to the gym. Then I always just have this whole repeating cycle. Does it? How do you get out of the banality? The banality of that because sometimes it just gets so boring to just kind of stick to that routine for so long. And I'm like, oh my god, I want to go jump out of a plane or something. Or does that just not work with you? Are you just like good? <laughs> my routine. Um, do I find it boring at times? Not really, because, because do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? I'm results-driven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am results-driven. And because when I see the results, it motivates me. So I don't really see mm-hmm. it as a routine. So, and the only time I change my routine is if the results is not coming through. And something is, you know, let, let me give you an example. So if my, ch- my children are getting upset about my routine, that proves that I'm slacking as a mum, mm-hmm. right? And because mm-hmm. that doesn't sit well with me, I have to change mm-hmm. something for them. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. So like, I know with my nine to five is my nine to five, but the work that I do within my nine to five, it isn't like I'm on my computer throughout the day. And that's the blessing that I have within my role, within senior management. I don't have a manager that might my, micromanage my me and I don't micromanage my, my team members. So it's really fair. I only go, I only go to meetings that concerns me. If the meeting mm-hmm. doesn't concern me, I'm not there. <laughs> it is what it is. Most of the time I'm doing paperwork, computing, you know, 
that's it. So my um, schedule for work is not, it's not crazy. You know, if I even get the opportunity to do other things in between. The only thing that's crazy is when I'm focusing on my projects because I feel like I have to get the results there and there. That, that's the only thing because I put so much into it. And then my children as well, that, that there's no compromise to that at yeah. all. You know, <laughs> if my children need me on a Monday morning and I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be at work, I'm going to my children. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, so, that's it. So when your plan or in case a plan does fall through, how do you manage that? Like, how do you pivot from that? So plan, you like have a personal life. What did you say? Like as far as your personal life, when a plan. As, oh, if a plan. Oh my gosh, so many things doesn't doesn't like even now. Like my life changed about eight months ago, mm-hmm. um, which was totally mm-hmm. unexpected. And you can either sit and cry <laughs> and mope yeah. about it, or you can yeah. actually do something about it. Yeah, I th- I feel like the people that don't do anything about it sometimes you might actually miss the momentum to actually do something great if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I've learned very, very early on that if I am met by disappointments, um, like I say, <laughs> I'm a lady of faith. There's a reason behind it. There's mm-hmm. something that's meant to happen. Mm-hmm. And rather than me being sad about it or feeling sorry for myself, I think about what can I do that can make me happy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and usually the funny thing is we already know the answer. We already know what it is that we need to do. We already know how we're going to pivot. It's just that we just need to have that clear mind to be able to make that decision. So Mm -hmm. I'm really blessed in that way (laughs) that when something doesn't, when something falls through, I'm usually quite quick to pick up and do the necessary if that makes sense so my private life within my private life yes you can cry you can moan about it but you better not sit down for too long mm-hmm. don't sit down for too long because when you do everything else will set in depression you know imposter syndrome you know opportunities to kind of self-sabotage all that will come in so to be able to keep that at bay you need to have a positive aspect to life mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. to have that ready set mindset and i'm not saying be a robot and be like oh not be emotional mm-hmm. yes be emotional about it but don't sit in your sorrow for too long like mm-hmm. get up and go what's plan b you know some people say it's not good for you to have plan b i say plan <laughs> plan as you want don't let anyone tell you what to do plan as you want yes seek advice find out other people's mistakes work from your own mistakes as well and then pivot you know and you're not going to get everything right at every single time you're not you're not no one's you know no one's perfect you're literally and it's all about learning if you make a mistake and you don't learn from it you're going to keep making the same mistake mm-hmm. but if you do learn from it then it's an opportunity for you to be great. That's what I think anyway. But yeah, mm-hmm. like private that. and personal. Yeah, private mm-hmm. and work life too as well. <laughs> Facts. Facts. Uh, so get ready to wrap it up here. We want to ask you this uh, final question. It's off topic. Don't look, don't get nervous. No, never. 
She ready. <laughs> I ain't never scared. Uh, <laughs> she playing so, with me. She got to play so, it. Uh, <laughs> now we want to ask you, who is your favorite reggae artist? Oh, reggae. Mm. Oh, Come now, buddy. Let's get it going there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> reggae. Oh, no, raga. Queer something, no, man. Queer something. Come now, man. Can we can we put Bob Marley? Yeah, of course. That's my favorite. Yeah, number one. Yeah, and then sorry, and and then for Agar is Shabarankin. Shabarankin. You know, you know, I watched Bob Marley documentary probably ten ten times. I love to watch. Wow, do you know there's an exhibition? It's so weird that you said that. There's an exhibition happening in London in a Saatchi and Saatchi gallery for Bob Marley, and yeah. I just bought tickets to my children yesterday because they have like a midterm in two weeks' time, mm. and it's also my daughter's fifteenth birthday. We're supposed to be. I'm taking them to Paris, but yeah. um, I want them to go to the Bob Marley um, ga- um, gallery because they love. They love Bob Marley. Those yeah. girls, they're young souls, but they, they love music and appreciate music more than I do. I don't have time. Uh, Bob, <laughs> Bob Marley mo- music was, was timeless, man. It's going to live it forever. Is, he he is, lived in is. London for a little bit, too. He did. Yeah, he, he did. lived in London. So. He did. That's, that's that wasn't good. a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> so you were in your mind like, what is he going to ask? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's pretty much um, all our questions uh, for today. Uh, so we Thank just going to get into the Tech Titan part of our show where we just shout out uh, one person in tech uh, within the community that is um, doing big things uh, for the community as well. So for today's Tech Titan, number 14, can't believe we on episode 14 already. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, we want to shout out to Diera Footman, who is also known as CCIE by 30 on Twitter. Uh, and she's on LinkedIn as well. She's uh, pretty big in the network engineering community. So if you um, are on the network engineer path, you know, she definitely has like a lot of resources, tips and everything um, in that realm. So definitely get out and follow all that good stuff. Uh, we appreciate everyone tuning in to the All About the Data podcast, episode 14, with special guest, Buki. Yes. Senior project <laughs> manager went to change management. That's what's up. Any closing statements you want to say to the people before we close out? I think is I think what you're doing, the three of you, is amazing. And I can't wait. I can't wait for where it's going to go. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me. Thank you for allowing me to be myself, you know, because oftentimes you go into like these kind of conversations and it's really rigid. And Mm -hmm. although I'm a planner in real life, I'm literally about, you know, having real meaningful conversations. I've got an opportunity to learn from all three of you. um, And I hope anyone that's listening is able to pick up one or two things from everything that I've said today. But yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah, a lot of gems was dropped. We got charged for this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One day we're going to talk for an episode. But uh, all about the data podcast, we appreciate everybody tuned in. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, all of the above. Make sure you join the Discord if you haven't already. We have 4,000 plus members. May change by the time this episode come out. Um, tune in to all our events. 
SQL Saturday, Tableau Thursday, Power BI Sunday, and we got Excel Tuesdays coming soon. You heard it here first. Yeah, I know Excel we had another Tuesdays one coming. Tuesdays coming soon. <laughs> we, got the, we got the T-shirt line dropping. We got courses coming. So y'all make sure y'all tap into all about the data, baby. And with that being said, we out. Peace. <laughs>